With your Bibles open in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them and he said this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let me explain the context of what John says here in chapter 8. <clears throat> the context is found in the one of the three Jewish feasts, the Feast of Tabernacles specifically, which all uh, Jewish men were required to celebrate these three feasts each year. And currently, uh, in context here in John, the previous verses before uh, John, they're, they're, um, before this verse 12, they're celebrating the Feast of the Tabernacles. Do you remember what that was for? Specifically, it was a celebration and a remembrance of the God's provision for them during the 40 years of the wandering in the wilderness. Do you remember how they were led when they were in the wilderness? Exodus chapter, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> chapter 13, the Bible says, The glory of the very presence of God and the cloud and the pillar of fire led the people to the promised land. This is why the Israelites would sing, and sometimes we sing, the Lord is my light and my salvation, as is recorded in Psalm 27 and verse 1. And so here they were at this Feast of Tabernacles, and they were celebrating light. They were celebrating being led by that light through the wandering, and their, through their wanderings. <clears throat> well, after the conclusion of the afternoon burnt offering, offerings that we have just are in, our, in the midst of studying in our, in our uh, Leviticus study, most likely around sunset, the temple would start to shut down for the day. Normally, the gates to the temple would be closing, but not on the first day. The very first day, something special happens. The final ritual of that day was the illumination of four golden candelabras. Now, we don't know exactly what it looks like, but perhaps it looks something like this, where you see those four large candelabras, torch-like things with four different bowls there uh, in the middle of the courtyard. We find from other biblical ancient writings um, or religious writings that priests would move after the uh, burnt offering towards the end of the day. They would move to an area where, these, where there were these four huge candelabras. And each of these four golden bowls uh, sat at the top with four ladders to each one standing approximately 75 feet tall. So the priests would light these candelabras and, re and the rest of the night was spent in joyous activities like dancing and singing and praising and playing of instruments and drinking together. So these great magnificent candelabras were lit and the light would start to shine. In addition, there's other religious, ancient religious uh, passages, specifically the Talmud tells us that there wasn't a courtyard in Jerusalem that was not lit up with the light from this blazing light of these candelabras. Further, we read that a woman uh, that a woman could sift wheat by the illumination of these lights at nighttime. That's how bright it was. It would it would illuminate all of Jerusalem. It is against this backdrop where Jesus says, "I am the light of the world." Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the one that you have been looking for. Just as the light in the Exodus was present with you, so now too I am present with you. 
Isaiah told you this. Isaiah said, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. And Jesus says, that is me, I am the light of the world. Zechariah reminded them and told them beforehand that when the evening comes, there will be light. Jesus was there and he says, I am here shining light in the darkness, the darkness in which you are living. Here's the point. Jesus uses this real life example of these candelabras. He uses them to point to what they were shadows of. These lights that reach to all, we would say this metaphorically, to reach to the whole Jewish world at the time, that reached out and touched the four corners of life as they knew it. Jesus was that light and He was here. It shines, Jesus shines brightly like those four candelabras and He illuminates. You see, my friend, light penetrates the darkness. When you have light shining, it pushes back against the darkness. It makes the darkness flee. First of all, it makes the darkness of the heart flee. Jeremiah 17 and verse number 9 emphatically states, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can even know it? Who can understand it? What's your heart? You know, your heart, we would say, is really the very center of who you are, right? It's that intellectual, emotional, central part of you. It's kind of, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like it's who we are. And, and here's what your heart does. <clears throat> it leads you astray at times. It tells you that you're okay. It compares you with other people. You're not as bad as Billy, so, so you're good. Or maybe you're better than Billy, so you're good there. And for some, your heart says you're really bad so that you even have to go earn it. You have to be better because you can never be right or be who you're supposed to be because you're just a bad person. And so you've got to go earn it. So you work really hard. Essentially, what your heart is doing is it tells you that <coughs> you can find value and your worth and your satisfaction and all of the stuff other than the way you were created. You know how you were created? You were created in the image of God. And in that creation, in that image, you are only fulfilled through the personal and intimate fellowship with that creator. But your heart leads you into the dark and every other direction other than God. Because we have a heart, as Jeremiah said, that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We don't even understand how wicked it is. It's really only through the light of Jesus that we're able to understand that. Notice at the end of verse chapter 8 there in our text, at the end of verse 12 it says, but will have the light of life. At Christmas we celebrate lights. We enjoy lights. Maybe the gaudy ones. Maybe the elegant ones. But as believers, we celebrate and enjoy the light of Christ the most, or should. Because Jesus, the light of the world, came to pay the spiritual death penalty for you that you could not pay yourself. And He provides the light in our life through His righteousness that can make you right with God, to give you life, as the end of verse 12 says, so that you can enjoy a personal and an intimate fellowship with God that you were created for. And, 
when Jesus is your Savior? Because I think I'm talking to mostly believers here, right? But you know, friends, the grace doesn't stop just then. Sometimes we think this, this idea that God's gracious and we repent of our sins and then we're, we, get, we, we call it get saved or whatever, and then, and then the rest of our life we're kind of left on our own to, to, to work it out. Like we just have to figure it out after that. But it's, that's not true. The evil one would love for you to think that. Grace never ends. Grace always is for the believer. Grace is with you day by day. You know, it's human to struggle for things and for things to get in the way of that personal and intimate fellowship. There are constant struggles that, even after we come to faith, that want to pull us back into the dark, aren't there? But see, the light continues to shine in your life. For some of you, there are things in your past that have hurt you. Things that you didn't deserve. Things that you didn't ask for. For others, there are things that you did that you wish you could take back. You'll never forget them. Perhaps for some of you, there is a health, some sort of relationship or financial pressure in your life that doesn't make any sense to you at all, and it just plain hurts. Maybe you get angry or frustrated. Maybe you feel shame or guilt, or isolation, or anger. It's in the light of this gospel that can help you to understand that those things don't define you. My friends, this morning, you need to understand that those things don't define you. Don't just leave the light of the gospel as a one-time thing that happened in your past, but use that light day by day in your life. Let the light shine in your life. Remember, Romans 5 tells us that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Is that not a wonderful thing? Let that light shine in your heart. Quit beating yourself up. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. He paid everything. There's no condemnation. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all you who are weary and are are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Why do you continue to carry the burdens of your past? Why do you continue? I'm not saying they don't hurt, and I'm not saying that they're not going to hurt in the future. But they don't let them define you and cripple you and make you, render you useless, where you can't see the light. Don't let them pull you back into the darkness. The light of the gospel is something that you should use and enjoy and live in because there's no condemnation because of the light of the gospel. Jesus can give you rest. Find refuge in the light of God's word to you. Remembering that this is a light to guide your feet on the path that is called life, Psalm 119 tells us. By the way, for you who have not given your life to Christ, <coughs> Christianity, Christianity is not the only religion where God... Uh, Christianity, excuse me, is the only religion where God saves you, but He doesn't leave you by yourself. Jesus indwells you in the person of the Holy Spirit and He helps you continue to walk and see and enjoy that light. All the other religions of the world require you to earn your righteousness. Which means, effectively, that you're basically left on your own and you'll never know when you've done enough. 
Only the light of the gospel is sufficient. Both to come to faith and then to live by faith by day by day. Aren't you thankful for a gospel light like that? Well, I I, uh, forgot to skip through some of these. How long does it last? That's what the light does. It continues to shine. It helps you to see the darkness in your heart. Thirdly, how long does it last? The light never ends. It only gets better. Let's think about a few few people right now in the Bible that maybe had a pretty rough time. Think about Job. You think Job ever felt abandoned? Distracted? For the rest of his life, maybe even? Because we know at the end of Job, Job asks continually, doesn't he? He says, hey, I want an audience with God. Remember this? God, why did you do this? Essentially. What was God's answer at the end? He never gave one. He basically said, I put the sun to bed. Did you tell it where to go to bed? I created, I told the oceans to stop where I told the oceans to stop. Did you? So the unwritten answer was basically like, I am God and you are not. How do you think that went for Job at times? He was human. Maybe he felt abandoned by God because he did. Maybe he was distracted for the rest of his life. We don't know. What about Paul? Paul prayed three times that this physical firmity would be removed from him. Did God remove it? No. What about John? Remember John? He was called the disciple whom Jesus loved. I mean, a close, intimate relationship, right, with God, with Jesus. And at the end of John's life, he was exiled and abandoned and isolated to an island. You see, there was confusion and pain and isolation all throughout the scripture. But my friend, it doesn't last forever. Because the light will last forever. Revelation 21, and I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully addressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. And you know what he'll do, verse 4? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things have passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said this to John, I, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost, springing up from the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. And then John says, I did not see a temple in this city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on in it. For the glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. 
On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. I don't understand how I, I don't understand this, to be honest with you, how Jesus can be the light. Jesus the Lamb can be the light, and it can shine so bright. But someday, my friend, there will be no more darkness. Because Jesus, the light, will be there. And so all of the confusion and the pain and the isolation, the shame and the guilt and the stress that you feel in life, someday will be gone. Now that day can't happen soon enough, can it? (laughs) Christmas lights. It's a wonderful thing to celebrate. But may we be reminded of the true light this Christmas. And friends, how will they know if you don't tell them? How will your coworkers and your neighbors and your family members and your friends and whoever know if you don't tell them? Because all they're going to know is that Christmas lights are pretty. But there's one light that outshines them all. His name is Jesus. I hope this encourages you this morning. The day is coming where he himself will be the light, where he will be the light of the world. I want to pray this morning, and then after we pray, we're going to reflect upon this and allow the scripture to work in us to think through us here for a few moments as we sing a few songs. Let's pray together first. God, we pray that the day comes now, that that day comes soon. God, will you graciously allow those who have not seen Jesus as the only light, will you allow them to see the light today? (coughs) And for those who are believers and struggling, needing reminders and encouragements, may your light continue to shine in their hearts. God, we deal with confusion and pain and isolation and shame and guilt day by day, and we need you. So, God, we thank you for this light that continues to work in our life, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Sometimes in life, Glenn, I'm going to have you come up too as well, sometimes in life, the darkness really kind of seems to overtake everything, doesn't it? Visually represented by kind of how we're sitting here in the dark right now. But when the light shines, the darkness has to flee. As we light our candles all over the auditorium this morning, may we see the darkness flee. I want all of us to see the visual picture of Jesus as the light of the world as the pianos play. <clears throat>